Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Good Music Podcast. It is a brand new year. I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Uh, my name is Lucas, and this is the beginning of a new year, a new era for the podcast, and I'm really excited about it. There's a lot of big changes that are coming to the podcast that are going to be implemented starting this episode. And probably the biggest change that's coming is we've got a brand new co-host. That would be me. And what is your name, good my, sir? <laughs> Grant Mayberry. Grant is um, my guitar player in our band Area 52. Yes. Name. I think the name is still pending. Is it official? Um, well... Yeah, I think it's official because Iron Lightning had the one vote of the guy who suggested the name. Um, and Area 52 is just witty enough that I think it'll work. Yeah, um, something that whenever I've said that band name to other people, they're just like, I'm surprised that isn't taken. Yeah. And so I, that's, that's what it was kind of mean. It was just like, has, have we really found out if someone else is using that name? I I didn't look into it. I mean, I haven't heard of an Area 52. Yeah, me neither. So. And so... And if somebody else took it, then they're probably not as good as our band anyway. So, so we'll just we'll just beat them with. We'll just uh, take it. Superior. We'll just take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Grant is a, a very very talented guitar player, Thank and you. we were also <laughs> we were also in a, a short lived band called uh, After Dawn. After Dawn. Are you still doing stuff with? Him? I'm still doing stuff with Trenton. It's just me and Trenton at this point, and we decided that I would start singing, and Ooh. we just need a drummer, and we can kind of just go from there. Okay. So, I, I'm really excited about that, actually. Now, I've heard you do your background vocals. Yeah, with with Area 52, and, and it's really different doing background vocals because you have to have, like, a, a very, uh, oh, I don't know how to say it. You have to kind of blend, have a very blendy tone with your vocals versus where you're um, a lead vocal, you have to have kind of, like, a very distinct tone. And me trying to sing distinctly sounds like Rob Halford without warming up, um, which is okay. I mean, got to start somewhere. Yeah. But so is that is that kind of the uh, the sound that you have as a lead vocalist? Uh, unfortunately, yes. But um, who do you want to sound like? Well, I'd rather sound like Rob Halford warmed up. But but one of my biggest influences is probably Eric A.K. Nelson from Flotsam and Jetsam. Hmm, okay. Because yes. I didn't recognize the name, but I know the band. And it, he has just, a, when I first heard it, it was, I thought it was terrible, his lead vocal until he started doing like the really high screams. And I was like, wow, it's amazing. So I, ever since I heard Doomsday for the Deceiver, I wanted to sing like him. Yeah. And I'm not there, but working on it. Yeah, well... So. I'm now very interested to hear that yes. <laughs> because, again, I've heard the uh, the background vocals, and, <laughs> and uh, but I'm not one to talk because background vocals is really it's hard. difficult. You, I it takes a different ear than I don't have the ear for harmonies at all. Like whenever I try and sing harmonies on my own, it tends to be pretty abysmal. Yeah, yeah. the The thing that helped me was being in choir class in freshman year of high school. That would help. And being like a bass part, you have to do a lot of weird interval jumps. And so I was able to hear the intervals more than just tracking the melody. So, Well, I'm excited to have you with us. I'm excited to be on the podcast. So, Yeah. yeah. So um, for everyone that is tuning in, um, 
we have a Facebook page. If you go look at it, it's uh, the Good Music uh, podcast page. We uh, I've been really bad about keeping active on it, but I'm, that's something <laughs> that I'm going to try really hard to remedy. Uh, but the biggest thing that will help me keep active is uh, some good participation. So, um, you know, I'll be posting some things specifically just to get you guys talking. And something that I would love to do is um, in certain segments that I'm going to put on the Facebook page, I'll be asking you guys, the listeners, some questions. And um, I would love to be able to read some of my favorite comments that you guys put on an episode. So a little bit of incentive for you guys to get on there and get part of the discussion. I'm going to be talking about just, you know, what's going on in the music world, some interesting debate topics, uh, talking about, you know, if, say, we do an episode on an artist, I'll, I'll ask, you know, what was your favorite song that made the list? What was your favorite song that you wish made the list? You know, and we'll, uh, we'll read the comments that... We like the most so please go ahead and get on there and get part of the environment that we uh so desperately want to create with you guys yes <laughs> and we also have a link in every episode description where you can go to our anchor page and uh give a charitable donation towards this podcast yes and the reason why we have this available is, one, because it would be amazing to be able to get paid to do this. We get paid a little bit, but, like, you know, I would say, like, once every couple weeks we get, like, $10. So it's right. not like we're we're rolling in it yet. But I have a lot of... I have a lot of dreams and a lot of uh, goals that I would like to hit with this podcast. Um, whenever Justin uh, departed from us, he also took all of his very fancy equipment and his <clears throat> knowledge of mastering and making this podcast sound really posh and dope. Right, and that's why we're in my uh, parents' attic right now. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, Grant has graciously let us use his home studio. So hopefully... Right. Uh, I, whenever I hear the playback on this, I'm interested to see kind of where the sound quality is and compare it. And then I'll know really if, if Justin was making us sound really good <laughs> or if it was all bells and whistles. Yeah. Uh, no, Justin is an incredible uh, talent in that area, and he's still one of my good, good, good friends. He just decided that uh, his life led down another path, but... I'm sure I'll still uh, nap him on for an episode here or there, get him as a guest. Maybe. 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 Grant might feel a little threatened by that. Probably. I don't want him to take my place. I don't like <laughs> it here already. Yeah. Especially in his house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel right at home. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, so we uh, definitely need to kind of start back at square one on kind of upgrading equipment. You know, we want to be able to create like a like a legit recording space and, you know, have the best microphones right. and the best software to be able to use. And so um, all uh, donations that you guys put into really does help a lot. Um, it also helps me to be able to purchase reading material for the different episodes that we're working on. Uh, I try whenever possible to read a book a week on whatever artist that we're talking about if, if the book is available. Like, I don't think there's a book 
on the artists that we're talking about this episode. Yeah, I mean, I'd be kind of surprised. Yeah, they're right? they're not they're not that far in their path yet. Although I could see them doing one maybe sometime I mean, in the next when, couple of years. When did they come around? Like about ten years ago ish? No, it's been about twenty years. Really? Now. I mean okay. the. The first album came out in like 05, but they were around for like, I think two years before that. Okay. So it was, it was kind of like 01, 02. So, um, but yeah, so the donations really do help. It's going to really help us to be able to take that, uh, the podcast up to that next level. And, you know, I have, like I said, high hopes and. I really want to take this podcast as far as it can go. It's already exceeded completely what I ever thought it could do. And I do want to say thank you for that because I thought that maybe a hundred people total at this point would have listened to it. And we have about 15,000 total wow. listens. So just, wow. it's it's mind blowing to look at the stats every, every week. So uh, very big thank you and um, Please send us some money. Yes, <laughs> we would we would appreciate that. Especially very much. Uh, Grant is a uh, is a struggling college. I'm student. a starving college student. You can pay for a ramen meal um, if you'd like to. See, he just he just needs to live. I, yeah. See, for me, it's all it's all for the fun stuff, and and Grant just needs to survive. He needs to get his next meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he needs that ten dollars. I really do. So, uh, yeah, and also we have a new episode that comes out every Monday morning at 9 Central, so um, please check out every week. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform that you're listening on. Leave us a review. Um, it's really awesome always to hear whatever feedback that you guys have. So, um, you know, give us, a, give us a rating, give us a review. Again, kind of the, the ones that we... Uh, think are awesome or funny or interesting uh, we want to be able to put onto this podcast as a way to you know get you guys an opportunity to have your voices heard so um yeah okay so how was your christmas oh boy well it's actually really nice not having to you know because it's my freshman year in college and in high school you'd always have like homework over the break or whatever and since you're switching classes next semester, mm. I had nothing to do. You know? I, remember, so, I remember those days. Yeah, and and so I'm sleeping in till two or three. Oh God! With nothing to do, staying up really late watching Star Wars. You know, with my dad, and it's really nice um, to be hanging out with my family. So when do you start again? Uh, the ooh, good question. I think it's the thirteenth. Okay, so that's a pretty long break. It is. It's it's a pretty much a full month. I remember the first year that I was at college, like my, the rest of the years I got like really short Christmas mm. breaks, but for whatever reason, my first year, we got off at like the fifth of and, December. Yeah. And we didn't go back until like the 15th of January. Ooh, it was nice. so long. It was my freshman year. Ah. And so I thought my mom was just like, this is how it's going to be all the time. Yes. And then like every other time after we got off on like the 17th and came back like the 8th. Which, I mean, is still pretty good, but it's still pretty that good. first year, that was such a great uh, Christmas break. Wow. Um, did you get any shiny new toys? I Well, I did get a truss rod cover for my guitar. What is that? Um, and it, okay. Guys, <laughs> so, so he this grants the guitar nerd right, in, this, so, in this duo. I am not. So um, usually guitars will have a truss rod that will go through the neck. 
and it'll kind of align the neck to um, you know what angle needs to be so that you won't get fret buzz, but you'll you'll still be able to play. Um, and so it's adjusted on my guitar. It's adjusted at the top uh, where the headstock is, and there's a cover for it where you kind of use a, a screwdriver to adjust, you know, how tight it is or what angle it's at or whatever. So that adjusts, that adjusts like, the action? Um, well, okay. The action is, is adjusted at the bridge. That's what I thought. Right. And so the, the truss rod will adjust the the bending, sort of, of the, of the uh, neck, because the neck will bend just a little bit. Hmm. And so if you have a very flat neck, you'll get a lot of fret buzz, but if you have a very bent neck, then you you won't get a lot of sustain. Um, so the cover for the truss rod adjustment is on the headstock and usually it'll just be blank. It'll look kind of like a trapezoid or some kind of four sided polygon or whatever. Um, but I got one with my name engraved on it. So Mm, really cool. And I also got this green hoodie. Take my word for it. It looks snazzy. It, well, it's comfortable. So that's, that's honestly the most important thing I look for in clothes. I haven't had a zip-up hoodie in a long time. I love so. zip-up hoodies. My yeah. eventual goal, fashion-wise, is to have like duplicates of a couple of <laughs> outfits. Because one of the things that I hate the most in every day is having to pick something that matches mm-hmm. and like trying to decide. Oh God, okay, this shirt's dirty, so I got to pick another one, but then that doesn't match these pants. Right. Like I want to have like like five or six black T-shirts. Right. Um, Five or six pairs of black jeans. Like I, I just like wearing all black. It's, <laughs> it's simple. I know it matches. Like you know, I have a couple of nicer outfits, but have them be the same. Like right. I just eliminate that whole equation of like trying to look cool because I don't care. I just want clothes that are comfortable. I want them to know that I'm wearing something that matches, and that's one less thing I have to think about in the morning as I'm trying to go to work that sounds kind of like you're a character out of like a dystopian novel you know wearing the same thing every day it's all black or it all matches or whatever see i express my individuality in other places yeah that's true that is very true i'm i'm someone that likes just to do the same thing every time i get my hair cut the same every time i like to wear the same clothes i like to do the same thing every morning you know it's i would say a lot of it is in music is where i get a lot of my um, desire to stand out because I listen to a ton of stuff that oh, like people around me don't listen to. That's for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I only got one gift for Christmas. Which is? I got a Nintendo Switch, so. Okay. That yeah. was, that was a real, <laughs> it was the only thing I wanted. Well, I mean, I don't blame you. They are pretty cool. Yeah. The problem is if I had one, I would never use it because I'm never really in my dorm room at all. I'm always somewhere else using somebody else's Nintendo hey, Switch. I know, but so. <laughs> having it be portal, portable... That's true, yes. Yeah. That's been incredible because my wife will just sit and watch her show. She's watching some show about like a blind girl that solves mysteries. It's really weird. I, it's on like, I think it's, it's on like the CW or something. Yeah, I don't know. She The way she described it is, it's terrible, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> like the Osbournes, kind of. Oh, Osborne's is just objectively great. <laughs> okay, whatever you say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was my uh, that was my big Christmas gift. But I also have a pretty great uh, 
gift coming in a couple months, which is a brand new drum set. Oh yeah, because you're gonna work at Drumworld now. Is mm-hmm. that what it is? Yep. That is exciting. And getting endorsed. Grant knows how badly I need a new drum kit. Yes, it it was terrible. He had a hole in his snare drum for about two weeks, and didn't want to get a new drum head for whatever reason. Because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> another reason to donate. But um, exactly. <laughs> And so um, me and my dad ended up getting him one. Um, Which I was so grateful for. And it's already beat up pretty bad. Well, I, I mean, mean, they take a surprising amount of uh, punishment. Well, yeah, your drums do take a surprising amount of punishment because they're being played by you. But um, especially the way you hold your drumsticks, right? Because you got the, the back end mm-hmm. of one of them on your left hand. Yeah. And so there's more power on it. Yeah, it, it lets me not have to hit as hard, right. which is nice. So, yeah, so. I'm uh, I'm expecting that beginning of February, and man, Area 52 is going to be sounding real nice with Ooh, that drum kit. Yes, it's already sounding good, but if it sounds better, then that'll be even even better. Yeah, even better. Well, um, 2019. When we look back at it, it was really the year of like. It was the year of reunions and get-back-togethers in the music world. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember 20, 2016 that, right. like, everyone died. Like that was. The I year. don't think of 2016 as that, but okay. <laughs> well, just, like, in the music world, like, it was more so than normal, like, tons of high-profile musicians died. Remind that was, me. That was when David Bowie died. David Bowie, okay. Glenn Fry. Uh, tech, Lemmy was technically end of 2015, but it was like December 28th, and it was kind of like that was they like, announced it in like January, and it was just it was just like that was kind of like the beginning. That was like the prelude of what yeah. that year was going to be like, and and then also in you know Hollywood, there's several big actors died. Like um, Alan Rickman died like a couple days after David Bowie did, who was uh, Snape in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, did he also play Hans in Die yeah, Hard? Yeah, uh huh. Right, that was the role that got him famous. Oh, I can see. Because he was, a, I think, he was a stage actor. Like he, he just did like you know Broadway theater That's type stuff, and then that was like the the film role that made him a star. Um, Crazy, but yeah, just twenty sixteen. Just everyone. Oh, Prince also died that year. Right. I so, remember that. So that was just I just that didn't was. Remember, it was all twenty sixteen. That was a crazy year. But then, like, 2019 was almost, like, the opposite. Right. You had all of these bands that, like, people never thought would get back together or people rejoining the bands. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you had, like, within days, My Chemical Romance and Rage Against the Machine got back together. Oh, I remember Rage Against the Machine. My Chemical Romance, like, that one wasn't as big a deal to me. Not because I don't like them, because I do, but mm-hmm. just like, you know, they hadn't been broken up that long. But like Rage Against the Machine, we never thought they would get back together. Yeah. To me... Because well, they had Prophets of Rage going, and it was just kind of like, why you get, you know, why would they start that band if they could just get Rage back together? I don't think it's going to last long. I think it's going to be like... When, uh, when did they break up? They, they last played, I think, in like... Oh, Eight? That recently. Okay, because I thought it was still in the 90s. Now, when now they, they, that was when their last album came out. Okay. 
That would they, be because they broke up in the early in, in like two thousand two thousand one, and then mm-hmm. did a reunion show mm-hmm. or reunion tour in around two thousand. I'm not completely certain on these dates, but it's somewhere in that time period. And then it's been you know ten twelve years since they last have done anything. Wow. So and then one of the really big ones was Motley Crue getting back together. Which yeah, I mean. They hadn't been that. They hadn't been apart for that long, had they? No, uh, I want to say it was New Year's Eve, two thousand fifteen. Yeah, they played. But that's the, what I was the, thinking. The thing about Motley Crue's though was so strange because they made such a big deal about them breaking up. Like they signed a contract saying that they're legally <laughs> bound to never tour again. Wow. And uh, and then they announced their comeback by blowing up that contract. Well. I mean, you gotta do it some way, you know. I never believed that they were gonna permanently break up. I felt the whole thing just kind of smelled like a ploy. Really? I mean, it kind of does. Even, explaining that, even yeah. if they did mean to it, I knew that they wouldn't be able to keep up with it. Well, yeah. I mean, Vince Neil's voice doesn't sound good without. Have you seen that the? Guitar. Have you seen the videos of them on that final Motley Crue tour? And he just sounds. Like he just sounds oh, terrible. Yes, sounds I like, have. Sounds like a Bob Dylan on helium. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love. He, he, they're just yeah. I rewatch those videos just to see what's new in the comment sections in YouTube because there's I believe it. There's some incredible it. <laughs> comments on those videos. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they said the reason they're getting back together is because The Dirt did so well, which was their movie that came out on Netflix earlier this year. Or I guess oh, it wasn't this year; it was last year, because we're officially 2020 now. Oh yeah, came <laughs> we out are Mar- 2020. March of last year. Wow, um, that was actually a really good movie. I never actually saw it, so I can yeah comment. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff in it, but it it was it it's was Molly Crew. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good, and apparently just up a whole new generation of uh you know teenagers and young 20s that weren't big motley crew fans all of a sudden are getting into them and their streaming has like skyrocketed since all that and um they were just like well let's let's get back together apparently also they hated each other by the end of the last tour and and that they've made peace since then it it doesn't surprise me they're a glam metal band yeah that's just kind of how it is but yeah, so we've Big got news. a we've got a so it's going to be a huge tour because they're partnering with Def Leppard. Oh and, yeah, and Poison. There you go. And Joan Jett. Well, okay. Uh, Joan Jett doesn't. <laughs> Joan Jett doesn't fit. She's not she's, bad. Yeah, but yeah. We're not fit. saying she's bad. It's just, you know it's one of these things that's not like the others. As yeah. They would say in Sesame Street. She, she'd probably be the opening act. I think that's what they're showing okay. it as. And then you've got the three titans of glam rock and oh, hair metal. Yes. Oh man. Uh, especially Def Leppard and Molly Crew. That would be that would be a tour. Yeah. So, you know, they're gonna they're gonna make a jazillion amount of money. I believe it. Jazillion amount of money. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Jazillions of dollars. Yeah, that's what I should have said. And then uh the last thing that I'm recalling off the top of my head is, uh, and this is actually really cool because 
we just did an episode on them. Right. Jean Frusciante returning to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, go check out that episode of ours if you haven't listened to it yet. But I spend a lot of that episode talking about how much I love John Frusciante. It's almost like I spoke <laughs> him back into the band. Well, I mean, the dark side is a pathway to many abilities one considers to be unnatural. Oh, so. shut up. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even go there. <laughs> That I hated that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to no, talk about it. No, that's not the, not the time or place. Okay, but like this is the third. Let me let me think about it. this. Is the third time that he's entered the band because obviously he entered the first time in '89 and then left after the Blood Sugar Sex Magic album and came back in '99 to do Californication. By the way, Stadium Arcadium. Then left again. And now he's back for a third time. Wow. But I I talk a lot on that episode about how the Chili Peppers really aren't the Chili Peppers unless Frusciante's with them. It's when they made all of their best music was with him. So mm-hmm. I am really excited. Like, I haven't been very excited about the newest Chili Pepper stuff, like the last two albums they've done. But now I'm absolutely going to listen to the next one. I would even love to see. I haven't seen them live yet. I would love to get to see them. With him on guitar. I I honestly had no idea he even left. I don't really keep up with the Hot Chili Peppers, but um, or the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Good grief. Um, but no, I have heard his name. And so even though me not being like a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan and still knowing his name and mm-hmm. recognizing the fact that like he's an important personality is just like a testament to who he is. Yeah. I guess. Um, so yeah, that was important. I did hear that right around the same time that I heard about um, Rage Against the Machine. Of so. all of the of all of the reunions and uh, homecomings that I heard about this year, I would say the Red Hot Chili Peppers one is the one that I'm the most excited about. And I would even say, because that's funny, because I would say I'm more of a Rage fan than I am a Chili Peppers fan. Yeah. But it's, again, just something about knowing that Frusciante's back just has me so, so curious to see how the band is going to be elevated because they they have the ability to make more music now yeah more good music yeah i mean the last albums were okay they just they weren't that level they weren't the level that they were at right and now i feel like they're at least going to get close to it because he's just he has such a unique mind on how he makes guitar parts so well let's go ahead and start talking about the Killers. The Killers. The Killers. Uh, they are the band that we are discussing for this episode. The first band um, that we're talking about in the year 2020, the year of our Lord. <laughs> and this is a band that I actually was originally scheduled to do back in September. And they were supposed to be the episode right. Let me let me put my thinking cap on here. Um, they were supposed to be right after the Iron Maiden episode. Oh wow! Which was which we that did is back, a while back. We did that a while back, and then a couple days before is when I learned that Rick Ocasek, who was the lead singer mm-hmm. and songwriter of the Cars, had passed away. And they're one of my all-time favorite bands, and so I texted Justin like two days. He had already been listening to the songs and kind of right. getting ready, and I texted him two days before. I said. Stop what you're doing. Listen to these songs instead. We're doing the cars. Oh. 
and and then I was just thought to myself, I'll just I'll do the killers some other time. Mm-hmm. Well, that time has come. The time has come. I love the killers. I think that they're just such an incredible band. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would say I love them yet, but I do enjoy the type of pop that they create. I'm not mm-hmm. a pop listener, but if it's the kind of pop that the killers create, then I'll listen to it. It's kind of like Coldplay. Yeah. You know, where it's like it it appeals to everyone, even if it, even if you're one of those people who doesn't like the thing that everybody listens to, you still like their music. Yeah. I always consider myself as someone that likes pop music that isn't the pop music that you're thinking of. Right. Isn't isn't the pop music of 2019 and now 2020. Yeah, like I'm not talking about top 40 pop. Right. I'm and I'm, you've those of you that have been listening for a while, you've heard me say this on so many episodes that the reason that I like certain bands is because at their core they are a pop group. Right. It's the reason why I love Queen. Um, Queen. I love the Cars. The Cars mm-hmm. is an incredible pop group. Tears for Fears. Um, you know, even bands that you don't normally associate as being pop. Um, like Van Halen, that's a that's really a pop group at its core. It's that's just true. They're, they're they're putting it in a rock and roll proto metal shell. Yeah, but as far as that's just, true, it's pop songwriting. It's pop hooks. You know, it's songs that are meant to be on the radio. Yeah, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mm-hmm. guitar solo, chorus, sing chorus. sing along chorus. Right. Um, you know, just full of hooks and you know mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of songwriting that i love pop music made by real musicians with real instruments right with only a couple of exceptions you know stuff like uh, you know what do you mean like tears for fears a lot of their stuff is done with synths, synths and yeah. drum machines but the way that they do it is so unique and so artistic that i right. just love it and they're just such great songwriters. Yeah, and there and there's something to the digital side too. Is there's yeah. an art to that as well. Yeah. But. Another like I love Nine Inch Nails because they're just they they do it in such a creative way and they don't use it as a crutch. Um, but yeah, the Killers. I've been listening to the Killers for a really long time. Um, I legitimately the first time that I heard them, the first song I heard was uh, somebody told me. Have you ever heard that one? I have no. It's got a really hilarious chorus, and we'll talk about it a little bit because it's not part of the six songs that we're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. but it's got a chorus that says, somebody told me that you had a boyfriend who looks like a girlfriend that I had in February of last year. Oh, I think I have heard that it's, before. It's almost kind of like a meme song. Though. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of my friends played that for me in his truck one time, and I was like, what is this? But uh, I thought it was a Blink-182 song at first, I think. I heard. I think I first heard that song like twelve or thirteen years ago. It was still fairly new. Like this, the second album had already come out because somebody told me it was on their first record, Hot Fuss. And I would say for a solid two years, I thought that they were from the eighties. I legitimately thought that somebody told me was recorded in the decade of nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty nine. And and some of the songs. That we're going to talk about, like, I thought the same thing. Yeah. But, and yeah. I remember my, what shattered my worldview of this was when I played uh, Guitar Hero 3 mm-hmm. and When You Were Young was on there. And oh, on, yeah. on Guitar Hero 3, 
whenever you would start the song, they would tell you what year it was recorded. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I thought to myself, whoa, they re-recorded the song to put in the <laughs> game. Because a couple of bands did do that on the right. game. Uh, Living Color did that for Cult of Personality, the Sex Pistols did oh, it for Anarchy yeah. in the UK. Because I think like they lost the master, and so they were just like, well, why don't we just re-record the song for you? Of course, those versions ended up not being as good. Right. Especially the Sex Pistols one. It kind of sounded like garbage. Well, coming, cult, coming from a, an yeah. aging Sex Pistols. And, and Cult of Personality, it just wasn't the same with the crazy guitar solos. I Because he actually practiced the guitar solos, and it kind of ruined the, like, craziness of it, which there's a little bit of, like, charm to that, even if it is just, yeah. bleh, 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 you know, mm-hmm. all over the guitar neck. Yeah. I, I like the original one. And uh, that was actually a featured... Uh, song on that was the bonus song on our red hot chili peppers uh wow episode. so if you want to hear us talk more about cult personality again go check out the red hot chili peppers episode wow i love plugging my own stuff <laughs> it makes me feel good yeah i'm noticing a pattern um but yeah so i just i was i was just really confused because i was just like so they must they have also re-recorded because this is an 80s band right and I was playing the game one day with my cousin, who is about 10 years older than me mm-hmm. and is, like, kind of one of those, like, music snobs. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Right. Because, but he, like, really knows, like, the really arty stuff. Like, right. he loves all the indie and modern hip-hop, like, the underground hip-hop stuff that... Yeah you know, actually has some merit to it. Mm-hmm. And he just, he really finds all of the, all of the, the really deep moody, um, stuff that's kind of like going on in the underground alternative world. But at the time he was a huge killers fan. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain this cause I was just like, look, this, this eighties band re-recorded the song in 2006. And he was just like, what are you talking about? He probably fact-checked you so fast. (laughs) (laughs) That was when I, like, it was literally my mind was blown. I was just like, this is a modern band? Yeah. Question mark, question mark, question mark. And I just feel like they they capture that nostalgic feel so well. And it's something they don't really do as much anymore. They've kind of more pivoted into being embracing like being a modern band and i still really really like them but those first two albums just have this this throwback feel to it that i just really love yeah let's uh let's real quick uh talk about who is the killers so other than lead singer brandon flowers who is also the keyboard player? Who is also the keyboard player? I see. I didn't even know that. I don't know very much about the Killers. Like, are they are they created by Brandon Flowers? Is that like his brainchild? No, actually. Well, it... it's not his alone. Okay. There were two founding members, and actually, I had forgotten what their names were, so I had to pull them up. I know this is really professional. Um, Brandon Flowers and Dave Cuning, who's the guitar player. Who's the guitar player? Really, okay. really, Dave Cuning is kind of the. Um, the starting point of the band. Brandon Flowers found him, like kind okay. of joined his band, but the band wasn't the Killers. It was kind of they became the Killers after Brandon jumped on. They're also from Las Vegas, and and they kept the same drummer bassist. Yeah, they got them later, and it's been the same four guys the whole time. Wow. Okay. They currently 
I don't know if maybe currently, currently, but the last couple of years they've had different people filling in on bass and guitar for touring. Kind of just some people that they've had with them. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like their guitar tech has kind of stepped up to be like their touring guitar player. Uh, I tried to figure out why they're not currently in the band because they haven't said that they're not in the band right. and they haven't named these guys like the new members of mm-hmm. the band, but they are touring in place of them. Interesting. Um, maybe just they've got other things going on. Maybe, but yeah, yeah um, you've got bassist Mark Stormer and uh, drummer Ronnie Venucci Jr., who, <laughs> golly, what a freaking drummer. Yeah, it, from what I heard, his drum beats were kind of simple, but that's pop music, right? Yeah. But the drum fills were all there, and they were all spot on, and he was always on the beat, and it was it was rock solid. Yeah. And so it's kind of like... Um, I'm trying to think of... Really, I, I guess a lot of the, the songs on this list don't show his wild drumming side. Yeah. Maybe maybe Sam's Town does. Yeah. That's probably the craziest song on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of give you more of the uh, simplified... I didn't mean to do that. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just the way it went. But there's other songs where he's just... He's laying down some ridiculous grooves. I think that he's the secret weapon of the band. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the part that... Yes, Brandon Flowers' songwriting is incredible, and I think that it is the heart of the band. You take it away and the killers are no more. Mm-hmm. But I think that without uh, Venucci, that they would have been a lot more boring. They would have stayed underground. He's the secret sauce. He is the John Frusciante of the group. He's the John Frusciante. I'm going to start using killers. that. Um, he's, the, <laughs> he's their Frusciante. Oh, uh, he's not in that sense that he keeps leaving and coming back. But just like <laughs> kind of the band that like, yes, the band can go on without him. Right. But they won't ever be the same. Right. I feel like even Kuning, who was really the founding member and the mm-hmm. driving force of the first couple records before Brandon Flowers really kind of asserted himself as the main creative influence. Um, I feel like, because right now, like, they're touring without him, and I watched one of their current uh, live shows, and it still feels like The Killers, you know? Yeah. Mark Stormer not being there it still feels like The Killers. Right. I think that if you take away Venucci it can still be the killers, but you've lost one of the most important right. ingredients, the thing that makes them special. Right. It's the thing that would you take away the sauce from the Big Mac, and it's not a Big Mac anymore. It's just yeah. a burger. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, taking away Brandon Flowers is like taking away the meat. Yeah, that's like, true. You, they can't. He has a very distinct voice. Every episode, I kind of like to postulate on who's the one person that if they say they're done, the band can't continue. Yeah. And I think that... It would definitely be Brandon Flowers. Yeah. I mean, just... No question. His voice, incredible voice, and what an evolution of a voice from the beginning of their career to the end. I... Well, the... the uh, I guess not yeah. the end, because they're still going. They're still going. Till I think, current. I think they're making an album right now. I wouldn't be surprised. I would have to double end. check that, but I think they're working on one right now. Which they they kind of need to make a better one yeah. than what their last one was. Uh, wonderful, wonderful was definitely the weakest one they've made so far. Well, I mean, you got to have a weak album, you know. Some bands don't. Well, 
Yeah, okay. There are some bands that had a perfect... The Police had a perfect run. Well, I, I would okay. Have, I would, I would some have albums to, are better than others. Oh, of course. Not there all of them go. can be that's equally what I mean great. Right, that's what I meant to say. There are certainly bands that have 100% good albums, but there's not one band who has... Every album is their best album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by definition, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but, but yeah, like you look at right. you look at Brandon Flowers like in the Hot Fuss and Sam's Town era. Oh yeah, and he he almost he has like this fake British accent, and it's just like he's mm-hmm. intentionally trying to sleaze himself up as much as he can. Mm-hmm. Like you listen to a song like uh, Mr. Brightside, and then if you were to jump straight to Here with Me, that's like oh, it's wow. it's almost completely different vocal. Right. It's it's almost like a different singer. Although, of course, you can still tell the. Oh yeah, here there. with me is a lot of vocal stuff that we should talk about later. But, oh, we, um, we will. We good. Will. <laughs> uh, but you can tell that his he's gotten more. I I guess I want to say he got more confident. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to hide behind a vocal gimmick, and while that gimmick was not bad, he I don't think the Killers could have sustained themselves on that vocal trait. Mm-hmm. They kind of had to evolve. And I think that, you know, that it's just a really cool aspect to kind of see how uh, not only his voice, but his songwriting really matures as the band goes. I think it hit its it hit its creative peak on Battleborn. That's an album that I used to really hate. And I would say over the last year, not only did I soften up to it, but I like melted right. to it to where it was literally like a switch flipped. And I listened to it, I was just like, wait a second. I like this. This is an incredible album. Yeah. It even jumped over another album that I've liked for a really long time, which was Day and Age. Mm-hmm. Day and Age is a really good album. And now I think that Battleborn is a better one when I would have put Battleborn far below Day and Age. Interesting, interesting. So it's it's interesting to It's an see. acquired taste. Yeah. Although I'm also really surprised why it was because the songwriting is so succinct on that album. It's so simple. It's so um, it's so what I normally like. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to figure out why I hated this album so much the first like five years that it was out. Mm-hmm. Probably even long because it came out in like 2012, I think. I I I don't know. <laughs> You're the fact book on this one. I don't really know the killers that well. I'd have to. I'm gonna have to do some soul searching on that. Okay. I have an, a hypothesis, but I'm not ready to present it yet. Okay. So. No, what here with me was on that album? Is yes. that what you saying? Yeah. And I didn't like that song. Really? Mm-mm. Because whatever. We'll get I know. to it later. Again, but. I'm I'm saying I was completely wrong back then. Yeah. To think that this album was not good. As soon as I heard that song. Oh yeah. That maybe album. maybe my wife softened me up to that album because that's like her that, favorite. That could album. be it. <laughs> and it was just like for some reason, like it just the emotion of that album hit me a little more mm-hmm. after I got married. And it was just kind of like, okay, I think I get this album now. Mm-hmm. And that's happened to me with different artists and different albums where I'll hate an album for a really long time and then all of a sudden, like, just a switch flips and I go, oh, I get it now. So, right. but my favorite will always be Sam's Town. Sam's yes. Town is such a fun record to listen to. Yeah. 
everyone always goes back and forth on is Hot Fuss the best record? Did they did they never top that debut album? But then there's other people that really like Sam's Town. It, it's a little bit experimental. Yeah, you know? it Which is. is. I can really respect anything experimental, even if it crashes and burns. Just putting it on like an official like record and saying like we tried something different. I'll listen to it. I like it. Yeah. It's kind of funny because if I were to like rank all of the killer songs, mm-hmm. more songs from Hot Fuss would be near the top than Samstown. Right. But there's just something about the cohesion and the story it tells you from start to finish. Like, because Hot Fuss has like one of the strongest opening halves of an album I've ever heard. Like, the first five tracks is just like, is like a greatest hits. Mm-hmm. And then it really kind of dips in quality after that. Yeah. But Sam's Town is really equal all the way through. Like, I want to listen to every song on that album because at the very end of the album, it leaves me in a great place emotionally. That's nice. It's one of the albums that inspired me to construct the listening of our songs the way that I do. It's Mm -hmm. those kinds of albums that make me go that... Albums should never be a collection of random songs. Yeah. They need to be sequenced and written in a way that they feed off of each other, that they lead somewhere. And I think that Sam's Town is one of my favorite albums that does that. Because it does that. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always finish Sam's Town and just go, man, I'm really glad that I listened to this album all the way through. I feel relieved. I believe it. So I believe it. I haven't listened to it all the way through, but you're probably still better off listening to Hot Fuss first. It's a better introduction okay. album, or even I would say Day and Age or Battleborn. Sam's Town is kind of again, it's a really weird album. Even the songs, like the songs that you have heard off of it, the ones that are uh, on this list, mm-hmm. those are two of the most normal songs on wow. the album. Like it, get, it gets really weird, but I also love really weird. So yeah, well, you know, we both listen to Anthrax, so I mean, we like really weird. Well, they're not even that weird. They were weird in the beginning. They were very weird in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I'm the man. That's not the beginning. That is. Well, that's that's the midpoint. Compared compared to you know, they started in what like eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, but they had like five albums under their belt before I'm the man. Death Rider. No, Fistful of Metal. Fistful of Metal, yeah. And then uh, Spreading the Disease, Among the Living, State of Euphoria, and then I'm the Man, right? Oh, then I guess four. Yeah. Still, though. Still, I, though. I, I consider I'm the Man to be like, that's like the first Their defining point. point. That's like the turning point right. in the band. Yeah, so, okay. Um, and I equate that more to just having a sense of humor than being like weird. Because they were kind of a, more of a... A traditional band, a little less experimental than, say, like some like Metallica and Megadeth were at that time. True. They were just a little more experimental as far as what styles they were going to pull from. Yeah, and that that's what I mean by that is yeah. that it's it's kind of a blend of of multiple different genres. Sam's Town's weird in a way that yeah. like there's really weird sounds that you hear and like there's. There's songs that have, like, dissonant vocal harmonies and, like, weird keyboard layering effects and um, really strange, like, jump-out-at-you lyrics. Like, when you have a song that starts with, when everybody else refrained, my Uncle Johnny did cocaine. Wow. 
that's a rocking song, by the way. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, there's just there's just something just so unique about that album, and I love listening to it from start to finish. I don't love to listen to Hot Fuss from start to finish. Right. I like to listen up to Andy, You're a Star, and then typically I'll like skip to like you know to hit Change Your Mind and and that's it. Maybe Midnight Show, depending on the mood. But then after that, I'm just like, eh, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. But man, the first five tracks, even the first six, because I love Andy, you're a star. Uh, the first five tracks are some of the best the killer's ever made. Right. And they were really kind of part of the last guard of the alternative rock bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard someone say that they were one of the last ones to get in before the door was kicked shut. Kind of before, you know, like the tr- the true indie pop or indie rock scene kind of took force. Like when, you know, the rock wasn't in indie music anymore. Yeah. Because yeah, like you had you had the big like alternative boom in the early 2000s. You had like all the garage rock going on with the yeah. white stripes and yeah. the strokes and... You know, and you're just coming off the back of like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all that stuff. Yeah, grunge had already done its thing. Right. Um, and, you know, you had bands like, you know, Modest Mouse and, um, and some others that I'm not thinking of right now, but like the Killers were kind of like one of those last bands that like is a true, like instrumental band that got to the level of success that they did. Right. They beat out just about all their peers. Well. Clearly, because we're not talking about any of their peers right now. We're talking about them. Yeah, they but. were. They really were the leaders, or one of the leaders of their movement. They were able to make it to the big time in a way that really not a band since has been able to do. Yeah. With maybe a, well, I can maybe think of one or two, but as far as just a band that is a pure instrumental band that is not. Um, necessarily following trends yeah that they're kind of just they're doing their thing they're making music that is the killers yeah which there's something very respectable about that you know, yeah instead of trying to sell out mm-hmm. um but they're they're a band that i've just the more i've listened to the more i've loved them and even though i didn't like the last album that much i'm still definitely going to check out whatever they do next so with that said, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be delving into the six songs that we've chosen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. We are talking about the killers in this episode, and it is time to get into the songs that we have selected. So for those of you that are listening for the very first time, what I'm doing with this section is I am creating a set of usually six songs. Um, Occasionally I'll make exceptions to that, like with the Beatles episode I did eight 
songs just because it fit thematically with what I was wanting to do. Uh, but most of the time, like 99% of the time, it'll be six songs. Um, and I'm trying to accomplish several things with this. First, I'm trying to create a set of six that if you've never heard this band before, that you get a really great idea of who they are as well as a giving you a great first impression like i'm not going to give you their most experimental songs or mm -hmm. the ones that like you really have to sit with for a long time to get yeah um it's just kind of you know try and try and be as easy listening the first time through as possible and then whenever we come back to the killers we can examine maybe some of the more um, interesting songs. Not that these songs aren't interesting, but yeah. you, you know what I mean. Oh, these songs were interesting. Um, well, and yeah. yeah, so, and then the other thing I try to do is I want to have the songs create a flow from start to finish, just like I was talking mm -hmm. about with Sam's Town. Right. Um, I'm not just picking six random songs. I'm not picking what I think are the six best songs. I'm not picking what are their six most popular songs. There are a lot of their biggest hits that are not on this list. Mm -hmm. um, but rather, I'm picking the songs that make sense when you put them together in this particular order. You've got a great start. You've got um, a lot of ups and downs through the middle, and then it leaves you in a very specific place at the end. So whenever you listen to these songs, uh, please listen to them in the order and they're in. And the easiest way to, oh, pardon me. The easiest way to do that is there's a link in the description of the episode that'll take you to a Spotify playlist. When you're there, if you'll go all the way down to the bottom, because it's usually at the bottom whenever I add it, Mm -hmm. um, you'll find these songs there. So if you've never heard any of these songs before, then please go listen to them. Hopefully us oh. talking about them will pique your curiosity they on them. They should because they're great. And even if you have listened to them before. Well, most of them. But. Yeah. Then still go and listen to them. You might get something new by hearing these songs in this specific order. Yep. So... Um, Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. You start with the first one? Yeah. What song is that? Uh, it was Samstown. I'm going to pull up the list. Yeah. Just so I don't forget. But um, this one, I have heard of it before by a mm -hmm. lot of, like, Killers fans. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you should listen to Samstown. It's like, I never got around to it until this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised because it was simple. You know, it was, it was pop music, but kind of towards the end, it had that weird, like, experimental, like, breakdown. Yeah. And me me and my thrash metal self, I thought it was going to build back up to what it was before, you know, the verse chorus. Mm -hmm. um, and then it just kind of, like, ended on that weird, like, polka beat. Yeah. And in, in a weird sense, it was, in my mind, terrible way to end the song, but it also made me want to listen to the song again. Mm -hmm. Just so it would like satisfy myself, and I think that's kind of part of why you probably did this to me to mess with me, but um, and also probably why people probably put this song on repeat if they do. Yeah, and on the album, this this leads to a very interesting song. So on the Samstown record, there's two songs that are not really songs; they're like transitional songs. Right. Um, right after, because Samstown is the first song on that album. And then they have what's called the interlude. Not interlude, interlude. Like enter, like enter through a door. Weird. Like saying like you're entering into this 
album. Hmm. And and it's just like it's like a it's like a fifty second little ditty where he just goes, We hope you'll enjoy your stay. It's good to have you with us, even if it's just for a day. And it's just hmm. kind of like just kind of inviting you to kind of sit down with the band wow. and listen to this album. And I think that when you have Sam's Town at the beginning, that's kind of, it's almost like a um, it's an opener for the album. Have you ever uh, have you ever been to like an opera or seen like a musical? Oh on yeah, stage? I've, I've been in musicals. So, so yeah. you know how you know about overtures. Yes. Yeah. I almost see Sam's Town as like the overture, and then hmm. and then uh, the interlude is the. Um, is like the brief moment where like a character comes up and says something first and then the big music the first true musical number with everybody singing and and that yeah. song is when you were young no way so that's what i'm saying the flow of this album works so well wow okay and then the very last song on the album is the exit lewd and, <laughs> That's funny. And it's instead of we hope you'll enjoy your stay, it's we hope you enjoyed your stay. It was good to have you with us, even if it was just for a day. Hmm. And but this time, like the whole band is singing it as kind of like a almost like a you know everyone kind of like a happy trails. Yeah, like a happy trails exactly. Um, so. That's that's the reason why that song ends the way it does. Okay. But of course, I'm not going to put the interlude on this list, and so I had to kind of figure out, okay, so where do I go? From there, right. how do I create something that is different but still makes this transition work? Right. And um, I felt like putting their biggest hit of all time. Oh yeah! Right after by it, far was by the far. was the best way to keep that connective tissue intact yeah. to kind of leave you with something like you like you you almost get to that song if you've never heard it before. It's just going. What the heck did I just hear? Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like it's it's primed you up, it's piqued your curiosity, and then you launch right into that incredible guitar intro right. from Mr. Brightside. From Mr. Brightside. And then you're just like, okay, all right, we're going. Which, we're going now. Yeah, Mr. Brightside is the only song that I heard of The Killers before this that I actually would voluntarily listen to. Um, and, oh man, it is such a hype song. And it'll always get everybody dancing on the dance floor. And I know all the words. I don't know what they mean, but it's probably some it's, weird poetic puzzle. Well, but Brandon Flowers tends to be to poetically yeah. puzzling. Mm-hmm. He kind of likes to use a lot of complex metaphors. Although I always found this was one of their more direct songs. Really, the way that I see it, it's just it's a it's a guy that has caught his uh, girlfriend cheating on him. And okay. he's he's become you know, but she's touching his chest now. He takes out like he's he's yeah. he's witnessing them in the act, and mm-hmm. he's um, you know he's the jealousy mm-hmm. you know. It's just like that's he's feeling all of those um, things, and he's kind of I take it Mr. Brightside is to say that you know, um, like he he's kind of like gonna be okay I think because like I'm gonna look on the bright side here and say he, that he went straight to the seventh stage of grief yeah within exactly. 15 seconds yeah uh-huh. I, okay. think, I think there's five stages oh I don't even know but um there's seven circles of hell okay <laughs> <laughs> five um, stages of grief and seven yeah. circles of hell okay. yeah they, they, they both straight. are they both are connected to each other um but yeah this was their first single 
I believe this it. was this was the first thing that a lot of people ever heard of the killers. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. And um, man, just if if they hadn't had this song, I think that the killers would have had a much less successful uh, trajectory because mm-hmm. this was the song that like they that turned them into overnight sensations they didn't have to toil as much as a lot of other bands before them did Mm -hmm. um a lot of times when people strike it that big that quickly that tends to be a curse because it ends up being the best thing that they ever did and they can never follow it up well in my opinion it is well yeah the killer (laughs) it tends to be more the exception than the rule that you um are able to have a long thriving career whenever you're the very first thing you put out becomes the biggest thing in the world at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to them. But the good thing is that they were, truly, they still made good music. They truly were great musicians. And so mm-hmm. they were, they had more ideas to bring to the table, but Mr. Brightside is one of the best songs oh, they've yeah. ever written. And it's such a, such a decade defining song. Like when you think of the songs that defined the two thousands, it is, it's one of them. Yeah. Also, even though I, I hadn't heard it until about three years ago, it still does kind of have that mid two thousands feel to it. It's got a little bit of kind of the the emo punk yeah vibe that was going on at that time, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's got this eighties throwback mm-hmm. feel with the big synths and that's true. Yeah. Um, and and then you just got freaking uh, Venucci's drumming just holding the whole thing together. Right. And and that guitar line is just so good. Oh yeah. My uh it's a it's a weird rhythm, but my brother-in-law sings this at every single karaoke that uh, he goes to. I do too. So, it's okay. But thing is he can't sing. Well, <laughs> but he he You just got to sing that one note, you know. The whole vocal line is pretty much one note. Yeah, but he just his voice can't get that high is Ooh. his problem. And so he's just kind of like screeching the whole time. <laughs> but get, it's get the crowd to sing it. But it's know? hilarious. And he just he goes for it. Like he uses the hand motions and he Good. and he dances around. There's no other way to do karaoke. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a special guy, but yeah, this is always one of the songs he that he goes with. Um and so I also think it's very interesting that we're not getting um, any guitar solos yet in this list. Yeah. There's no guitar solo in Sam's Town. There's no guitars. They both kind of end sooner than you think that they will. Yes. Which, Definitely Sam's Town. Which I think continues to bring this tension throughout the two songs because it's almost like you feel like the songs aren't resolving. Because, like, you end Sam's Town, you definitely feel that it doesn't resolve, but mm-hmm. at the same time, oh, you, yeah. you kind of don't... And that was by design. Yeah, because it leads you to the next song, but then, after not having a resolution to Mr. Brightside, then you're kind of going, okay, I need yeah. I need something with resolution. That's where, when you were young, yeah. it kind of helps seal the deal, because that has... That's a not saying the others aren't complete songs. They're complete by design of what they're trying to do. But this one is complete in the sense of what you expect a song to be. It's got a very yeah. defined beginning, middle, and end, mm-hmm. where the previous two songs almost end right where they think the middle should be transitioning to mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, or where there should be some some kind of like 
climactic point, and it's like it kind yeah. of is a little, bit of a letdown. Uh-huh. It's like a movie with a great first half, and then the writers just kind of, you know, tune yeah, out. Yeah, but also at the same time, when you say it like that, it almost it feels like we're saying the song's it, it bad. It feels like we're saying the ha- back because half of the song's bad, but it's not. But somehow... It's not. But whenever you're putting the songs together, now you've got some tension leaving out of... Because your brain is subconsciously going to be craving that resolution. Yeah. And so when you get when you were young, uh, I feel like that that song ends on a very satisfying note. Yeah. Because you've got you've got some very uh, you've got some grand soaring guitar solos. Mm-hmm. I feel like the breakdown in the middle is a very important emotional moment. Uh, in the first half of this list, it's yes. kind of a uh, it's the point in the songs where the other songs would have ended and it lets you get past it. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> um, but this is this was kind of the other song that like if anyone's going to know a killer song it's going to be this one. Really? Okay. Like this was this was the song that allowed the Contillers or not the Contillers. <laughs> I was trying to say continue and Killers. It allowed the Killers to continue their success and not just to be a flash in the pan like they had one good album and then they couldn't do anything after that right once if you're able to deliver a big hit on the second album after that that's kind of like you've proved yourself now you're not just a passing trend you're not a one-hit wonder you're yeah you're, you're a, a you're, sensation you're a new force to be reckoned with yeah and when you were young really was that song for them See, I didn't, I didn't. I wouldn't really expect that because I was listening to some of these songs with my dad, and this song came up, and he was like, "Well, the first two were pretty good. Why is this one on the list? I thought this was the good music podcast." What? <laughs> yeah. Well, what? I don't know. And and I guess what I noticed the most, and what I think I enjoyed the most, was the lyrics being a little bit cryptic. Mm-hmm. You know. Where he says, you know, he doesn't look a thing like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe he's talking about, like, physical appearance. And then there's some line at the end that makes me think, like, oh, like, he looks on the inside. He doesn't look like Jesus on the inside. Like, yeah. He's not a nice guy. Uh-huh. I yeah. think it's... I think the song is about just kind of... a. It's a small town girl living in a lonely world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That just is is wanting to get out of that town and I, I do believe that the album is about the people in Sam's town I think that the album is a character study you're, you're meeting the different people in this town and that this song in particular is about the, the small town girl that wants to have a big life and she thinks that her ticket out of there is finding her Prince Charming mm-hmm. and um, that she knows that this person is not good for her mm-hmm. but he's good enough to get her where she ultimately wants to go means to an end mm-hmm. yeah okay that would make sense then that's that's yeah i'm not saying that is the correct interpretation that's what i get out of it okay which i kind of like it whenever there's not a definitive answer you can kind of yeah you can draw your own meaning for it i don't there's some songs i like it when they explain what it's about right and there may be an explanation out there for this song, but I kind of don't care to know it because <laughs> I kind of I like kind of creating my own headcanon. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, but yeah, I think that that's kind of what the song is trying to say. You know, he doesn't look a thing, but he talks like a gentleman, like you imagined when you were young. When you were young, yeah. 
and uh, kind of saying, can we climb this mountain? I don't know. It's kind of like saying, like, can can we go? Can we get out of here? Hmm. Out of this town. And so huh. that's... I've always really liked this song. This is one of the first killer songs that I... This, again, this was on Guitar Hero 3 when I right. kind of formulated finally my correct view of who the killers were. Yes. <laughs> and... Gosh, I want to know why your dad thinks that this is a bad song. He, I don't know. Did Maybe he say just, why? No. He usually, when he doesn't like a song, he won't say why. He'll just not like it. I mean, it's one and of, he has his own opinions. It's one of those songs that's very simple. It is. But simple is not always bad mm-hmm. because to me, the 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 core of the song is not what's being done instrumentally but rather the emotion of the song like especially one after you go to that breakdown and it gets really big on the last chorus and verse and like you hear Mm -hmm. the bells chiming and you know the the drums get really big the guitars get big and brandon flowers vocals just pack that Mm -hmm. that extra punch yeah and he's just singing you know doesn't look a thing like jesus it's just like you really feel and the guitar line comes in at the right point i think that it it helps to cap off three songs worth of build up right to that moment to kind of like give us a mini ending Mm -hmm. before we get to the second half of the set yeah to kind of kind of give us that there that's what i wanted that's what i've been waiting for these last two songs yes it it was yeah and that that little opening guitar line you know the da 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 it always reminded me of some like duck hunting game at bass pro bass pro shops for some reason and i don't know when i first heard it i was like huh i feel like i'm on a boat in a duck hunting simulator I, I don't know why, but it was such a clear vision in my mind. That's so, I like very the, I like I like the little melody though. Yeah, it's tasteful. Yes, it's a song that doesn't overdo it. Doesn't it overdo it. It, does it, it, it does exactly what it needs to. Mm-hmm. And the killers are really good at that. So with that, let's move on to the next where we go song. from here. So this is where we kind of really make a a interesting turn. Yes, the intro to the song. This is your life. Um, what album? This is off Day and Age. This is off Day and Age. Um, when I first heard it, it reminded me of the intro to the opening scene of Coming to America. Have you ever seen Coming to America? I've seen parts of it, but I don't think I've seen the intro to that movie. Oh, um, so it's 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 the Eddie Murphy movie where yeah. he's a prince and, mm-hmm. and he wants to go find his wife in America. Um, but they do this really weird, like, acapella, rhythmic, like, musical piece and it's kind of like this mm-hmm. and so that's what what i thought when i first heard it um but it transitions really seamlessly into the rest of the band coming in yeah and it's not like a, oh all of a sudden the instruments are in and it was kind of like oh well i guess the band's in now no it was like right there man when that yeah. when that snare hits and it comes in mm-hmm. that hits you hard mm-hmm. like I, that always yeah. i always look forward to that moment like and i just i put my head back and i just put, put my whole body into that yeah. hit um and typically with these lists 
there's always usually one song that's like kind of the more obscure song that right. makes it in. This song is definitely not one of their hits. This is just a song that I've always loved. Really? Okay. Um, this is the kind of the song that if someone were to try and guess what songs I'm putting on here, that they would never guess this song. Okay. Because it's very, um, it's very out of left field, yet at the same time, in my opinion, it was the best song to, um, to in- to cr- create this new path that the setlist is taking us. That is that is actually really weird because I mean I I actually like this song. This was one of my favorite songs. It's one on of my list. It's one of my as well. And so the fact that it's not very popular or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just so weird. That's the sign of a great <laughs> band. That, yeah, that the deep cuts are really good. The deep cuts are still good. It's not just about the hits, right? Yeah, I think this is. I. I won't say it's my favorite on Day and Age, but it's really close. It's probably in a three-way tie between that, Spaceman, and Human, which Spaceman and Human are like mm-hmm. the two big songs on that album. Yeah. But then This Is Your Life is uh, kind of the uh, the hidden one. But I always I always loved it whenever this song... It's, it's one of the most fun ones to sing along to. It's a great chorus. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I love the... Uh, I love the uh, the pre-chorus on the second verse when the, he kind of adds in that last little bit. There's just there's something melodically being done there that just like hits me right in the good spot in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and the verse is just it. It's not the same vocal line, vocal melody throughout the verses. He's adding a little bit more, mm-hmm. and the melody's going a little bit higher, and it's just a little that much variation mm-hmm. that makes it. Not seem monotonous. Yeah. You know? This song just drives really well. Yeah. The drums and the bass just really lock in on this song, and, like, they're really forward in the mix, and it's just, it just pummels you. Yes. In a good way. Not, like, in a heavy metal way, but just, like, it just, it keeps the song just, like, pulsing forward, and I love that. It's just kind of a rocking, you know. Yeah, I love the guitar line as the... I love that guitar line. The vocal chant in the background is yes. is great. That um, was it was so well done that mm-hmm. part. This is just this is kind of you you could tell that the killers were um, were really figuring out who they truly were on this album because they were moving away from the uh, the sleazy Las Vegas sound, which is where they're from. Right. And moving kind of more towards what I feel like they always wanted to be. Or definitely what Brandon Flowers always wanted to be. Right. Well, as the songwriter, he kind of yeah. gets to choose. Mm-hmm. But. This is this is definitely the album that they made that creative shift. Um, and I used to not be a fan of that shift, but as the years have gone on, I've, I've really softened to it. And I think that this is... A, uh, this is one of the big dark horses in their catalog as far as just like their best songs. Mm. And I think that this song does a great job of, of, of toning things down without losing the forward momentum. Yeah. It's, you're, you don't feel as, um, it's not as emotionally um, charged and as heavy as the right. first half of the list is. But it's not boring. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like this. We've made this drastic shift, mm-hmm. and it allows us to be able to really slow it down on the song afterwards. Yes, 
Are we going to move to the song afterwards? Is yes. that you transitioning yes. to uh, Here With Me? Oh, man. This one was probably the most pleasant surprise of all of the songs. Um, because, I don't know, from a band called The Killers, you know, you wouldn't think to have a really slow, like, piano, mm-hmm. nice ballad song. Yeah. Um, which I never got the story on their name. So, um, um, let me, let me think. I used to know it and it's escaping my memory. Let me, uh, let me, let me do some fact checking here real quick. Anyway, but, but when there's the kind of offbeat kind of syncopated crash hits, when he says here with Mm -hmm. me, when I first heard that, I was like, yes, that's exactly what it needs to be. Mm. And, and he does a little vocal line after the first hits of the chorus, and it almost sounds like Adele, which yeah. is, is I'm not an Adele fan, but I, it worked. I can be. I, I tend to like more of a, um, more of her older stuff. I don't like the, her newest album as much. My wife is a super fan, so I listen to a lot of Adele, <laughs> not by choice, but there are some songs of hers that I right. like. Um, but yeah, this is just such an anthemic song. Yeah. And, um, this is a song that if you really haven't gone through the emotional, um, pain that is being, uh, presented here, mm-hmm. then you kind of don't ever really get the song. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of like once you've lost love and you hear the song, you kind of can't help but think back on that and just mm-hmm. even if you don't feel it now, I remember, I remember what it felt like. Right. Because I only ever had one other girl, serious girlfriend, mm-hmm. and it was one of the most devastating times in my life. Whenever we broke up. Right. Whenever I was in college, mm-hmm. and. I think at that time, right at that time, this album came out. Wow. That might have also been a reason why I didn't like it, because I was one of her favorite bands. I was already listening to them, but I was kind of like uh, a band that we connected and agreed on. We didn't agree on hardly any music, but that was one of the few okay. bands we did. That would make sense. And, but I, it was like, even one, wasn't one of those things where I was just like, this is just registering too many emotions in me. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It was like, it didn't even like, it didn't even hit me, but it's like, now I hear it. And I hear that song, and it's just kind of like, again, like, obviously, I'm I'm happily married. Right. But it's like, it puts me back into, I remember what that felt like. Yeah. I remember what that breakup felt, and it's almost just like, there's a certain point of reliving yeah. that, that heartache. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of really made me go, wow, what a mm-hmm. great song. And it's a really fun song to sing along to. Yeah, and and probably the bridge. I guess it would be the bridge. Mm-hmm. Really makes that song where uh, he's like, I, when I saw you in the restaurant the other day, and there's that little synth arpeggio, that low synth arpeggio, <laughs> which is exactly so eighties. Yep. Um, which would be the the kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Retro mm-hmm. aspect of the Killers. Yeah. Really coming out. 
Um, I love songs that know how yeah. to that have a great bridge. Yeah, that that part makes this song. So many opinion. songs have bridges that are there just because they need another section to the song. Yeah, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. But this is a song where the bridge really becomes the most important part of the song because it really it really sets you up for the great last chorus, which has a little twist because of the um, last line of the bridge, and I can't remember what it is, but. Whatever. Whatever. We're, you'll, we're, just, you'll just have to listen to the song. Yeah, where he, the first chorus is he's saying, I don't want your picture, and then it turns around where she comes back to him and says the same thing to him. Yes, that's what it is. And whatever the lyrics are, that's it, the I idea. mean, the, it, the lyrics are the same, but you but it's the perspective that's changed. Right. It's, it's now the from the other The set of lyrics side. from the bridge, I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's, in my mind, I actually interpret this as she is not actually saying this. Mm-hmm. This is in his mind. That, yeah. That he, this is what he, like, wishes would that's, happen. That's what I would say, too. Because the song doesn't end. Like, there's, like, because it wouldn't be like that, and then you have all these, like, these big cries of pain at the end of the song. Like, it almost sounds like he's crying when he does those, Yeah. Sorry, that was really uh, terrible. It was the right melody. Um, I'm I'm trying not to like, you know, scream into the microphone, Mm -hmm. but like, I think that that shows it's just, you know, he wishes that happened, but it ain't going to ever happen. Yeah. And where does, where does this song leave you emotionally whenever it's finished? Like now you're kind of at this, I don't know. I, the, the, I feel like the way you set up these songs, the next song is almost an afterthought. I don't want to be like that. Oh. But this song feels like a nice, like, ending. Even though it's a sad ending, mm-hmm. it still feels musically like an ending. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, then I'll... But, then let's let's see if you pick up on why we have one more song. Because, um, yes, it would... On paper, it seems like this would be a great way to close the set. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I really like is that whenever, like, again, it kind of ends on a down note. Mm-hmm. Even though it's beautiful, mm-hmm. um, it's still it's 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 a sad story. And then the next song is all about redemption. Yes, um, all these things that I've done is that the name? Yep. Um, this was probably the weakest one of them all. What? Yeah, it oh, just it was man. so lazily like vocally performed. I feel like the vocal melody was just kind of gotta help me out yeah like mm. i mean yeah that's it's it's indicative of early killers but yeah. there's there's yeah. um to me this is the this is at least how i planned it the moment where everything comes together it's the mo- like specifically um like the whole i've got soul but i'm not a soldier yeah that's like that's like the big climactic moment that the entire set is trying to get to really Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, like, that's iconic killers right there. Like, you see that song live, they stretch that moment out, and the entire crowd just starts singing it at the top of their lungs. It, it really sounded like they stole Pink Floyd's choir from Dark Side of the Moon for that part. It just kind of sounds the same. Kind of. I, 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 I never thought that before, but You that's, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but to me, just kind of like whenever... You, the song starts you just have that piano it's almost kind of like it's like everything is dark at the end of here with me 
and it's almost just almost like this light just i that's how i envision it's this light and then like a hear, car commercial yep <laughs> just like you know it's darkness and then this this little light just bang yeah bang and then you have that when there's nowhere else to run like i just think it's i think it's beautiful i think that it's just such a it's a moment of of victory after okay after and then especially he hits when you you know they do the big hit and he just says with all these things that i've done and the band comes Mm -hmm. back in that's kind of the i always have in my set list like there's usually a moment either in the second to last song or the last song that i'm just like this is this is the moment that the set leads to Mm-hmm. If I tip, if I put in a second to last song, typically that means that like I like the last song to be more of like an epilogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that with the Fleetwood Mac one, where I did "Go Your Own Way" as the second to last, but then I did "Landslide" at the end. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's just more almost like a coda, right? Something to just kind of you know end things in a pleasant way. But that "Go Your Own Way" is the emotional climax of the set list. Mm-hmm. Um, to me. The uh, the with all these things that I've done and the band comes back in. That's kind of the uh, the moment where I was just like the whole set to me led to that point, and that was the uh, the completion of the emotional arc. Yeah. So that's why that's why I put it there. I personally have a lot of love for this song. I've listened <laughs> to it for a very long time. I I didn't always love love this song. But it's a song. The more I've listened to it, the more I'm just like, oh. And this is one of the biggest hits they ever had. That is so weird. Um, it's definitely indicative of the time that it came out in. But um, even like the monotone chorus, I like it. I think that it's it's kind of like he's he's singing it because he he wants to be victorious, but he doesn't know if he because he's saying that the whole point of the song is that. Um, you know, the battle is won even with all these things that I've done. It's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it doesn't, like, I shouldn't deserve the victory mm-hmm. because I've messed up all the way up to this point, mm-hmm. but somehow everything still works out. Right. And so, again, it's 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 self-acceptance and redemption and... Um, just again, again, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Is mm-hmm. just that's almost as iconic killers as it gets. It it is a nice little play on words. Mm-hmm. But um, watch that song live. Okay. I think that like when I watched them do it at the on the concert that I was, they did. They also did another great transition. Um, have you ever heard their song "Runaways"? I have not. So. Um, I want to say it was Runaways. They were singing that song and they were kind of, they were doing like an acapella chorus with the audience singing it. And the the keyboard just kind of swells in. And I picked up, I was just like, wait, I know that chord. Mm -hmm. And then he starts singing the song when there's nowhere else. And I was just like, ooh, that was good. (laughs) That was real good. So, yeah, that is the... uh, that's the list. That's the list. So uh, we're going to take a short break, but whenever we come back, we're going to talk about the bonus song, and then we're going to give our final thoughts. So yep. stick with us. Yep. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. We are wrapping up this episode on The Killers. And uh, before we get into our final thoughts, we have the bonus song. Yes. So if you're wondering what that means when I say bonus song... Um, on every set, I like to have a song on there from either a lesser-known artist or a one-hit wonder or just whatever artist would not get their own episode and their own six songs chosen. And so, But it's related. Yeah, I like for it to have some kind of connection to... Uh, the main group so whether that be you know like an artist solo project or sometimes i'll pick them if they're from the same like scene like if they mm-hmm. you know this was another band that was coming up in that genre at the time uh, or if they're from the same country if they're from a unique kind of part of the world and there's another band that's from there i like to mention that as well um something like that and so um the song that I picked for this is uh, a song from Brandon Flowers' solo career called Crossfire. Yes, which actually was really good. Yeah. I, it was... When I first heard it, I didn't realize at that time that Brandon Flowers was the lead singer of The Killers. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it, and I was like, it sounds just like The Killers. I mean, they're probably a Killers copy. Like, Brandon Flowers <laughs> is probably, like, this guy who loves The Killers so much, tries to sing like the lead singer. And, of course, I was listening to it with my dad of course and I made that comment he's like well maybe this is the lead singer so I look it up and sure enough it's Brandon Flowers the lead singer of the killers and it baffled me that I didn't think of that but that's hilarious (laughs) yeah uh, and this song is definitely more upbeat than um, some of the songs of the killers mm-hmm. and it was kind of a nice change from here with me and then all these things that i've done and then into the into crossfire mm-hmm. um which you may see it completely different but that's that's the way no. i felt after no, yeah. after listening to those songs and mm-hmm. it's not straight away heavy. and then yeah it wasn't heavy it wasn't as slow certainly mm-hmm. it's it kind of sits in this really great middle ground yeah because it's not aggressive it's not really a driving song it just kind of it's really there, it's yeah. really pleasant, it's really smooth. Um, Easy listening. I love the piano yeah. in this song. Um, yes. And then Brandon vocals uh, Brandon's vocals are really great. Yeah, and, and the chorus for this one was up there with the rest of these songs. It was certainly better than all these things that I've done. <laughs> but um, <laughs> because it had a nice ah, and I don't know what the what the what the intervals are, but it was it was a very nice kind of jump up and then a little bit of a descent. The crossfire, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. It was definitely a bonus. Yeah. That whole uh, that whole album that that's on is a really great record. Uh, and for a while, I was kind of mad at this album because they made Day and Age, and then he released this solo album mm-hmm. uh, called Flamingo. And is this his only solo album? No, he's got another. He's got one. two. I okay. actually have not listened to his other one. 
Okay. Um, I've heard snippets from it, and I decided I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but I probably should go back and give it a fair listen. Uh, I used to be kind of upset at this album because it's, in my opinion, and this is another reason why I kind of went against Battleborn, was because I thought that after he made this solo album that he was going to turn the killers into sounding like his solo work. Uh, mm-hmm. um, because you can definitely... After he releases the solo, you have a big step away from the songwriting they used to do. And I was kind of just like, well, now it's it's not the killers anymore. It's just Brandon, an extension of Brandon Flowers' solo career. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I don't feel that way anymore. And even if so, the songwriting is still great. Right. So, um, but the album is really, really good. Um, songs like... Um, Magdalena is a really great song on there, and uh, that's a word. <laughs> it's a it's a name of a woman that he falls in love uh, with. Okay, and yeah, it's you should check it out. Flamingo. Okay. It's a really cool record, and it is very different from the Killers. It's a lot more subdued. It's a lot more eclectic and kind of happy go lucky, mm-hmm. with also some a lot of the a lot of the serious emotion that he would put into Battleborn. You know, he kind of made this album so that he could write songs like Here With Me. This is kind of like yeah. where he really starts writing those kinds of songs. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, um, uh, now that we have uh, gone through this list, what did you think of The Killers before, and where do you sit with them? <laughs> uh, well, before, I thought of them as Mr. Brightside, and that's it. And I, I do remember having a conversation with my sister um, in her car and she's listening to some killer song and I could not remember what it is and I said oh you have the killers on she's like yeah the killers are great I'm like they only have Mr. Brightside that's their only good song and then um, and then I listened to these and I'm like you know they're actually like a real band like they're a serious band they're not just a one hit wonder and they have really good technicality really good songwriting Um, even though it is just Brandon Flowers like they execute it very well. I, I, li- I like them. I don't know if I love them, but I do like them. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a new area for yeah, you to kind of listen into because I don't listen to stuff like this very yeah. often. So yeah. And I didn't really whenever I was your age as well. It's yeah. Kind of this, I didn't think so. This area, I kind of <laughs> gravit. I did a little bit. Like I was actually listening to the Killers a little bit, but I was listening to more of like their harder sounding songs. Like I you can know, imagine. yeah. Um, well, because you listen to like Lamb of God and yeah. Slayer. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've I've really grown to love this kind of songwriting as I've gotten older. N- my love for heavy things has gotten heavier as well as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I've forsaken my heavy music right. to it's have just this. Broadened. E- yeah, it's broadened exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the Killers are a very uh, special group to me. Uh, specifically, I have a lot of memories of when I was binging Sam's Town on a <laughs> daily basis and like just figuring out every single second of every song on that album. So yeah. um, I'm really excited to see what they do next see what the next album is like um but they're at this point they've they've reached the legend status they're they're really one of the last bands to do so of yeah of that era uh yeah 
of of bands too because mm-hmm. you know we've moved on to solo artists and stuff yeah but yeah so it'll be interesting to see kind of what their legacy turns into but they're yeah. i mean they're a headline they're a festival headlining band i believe it oh yeah uh, they pu- they put on an incredible live show uh that's they're a band that is on my bucket list of people that i have to see <laughs> okay my sister's gotten to see him on his solo. Brandon Flowers. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she said it was really good. She's a bigger Killers fan than I am. <laughs> yeah, well, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, my sister's a bigger Killers fan than I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so there's the Killers. That's the Killers. So, yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh so thank you again so much for uh, joining me and uh, making this uh, a great first new episode of a new era. And are you gonna are you gonna say yeah? Oh I'm yeah! So glad to be here. I am very glad to be here. <laughs> you Sorry. started to walk away thinking we were done. Well, we still got a couple more said, things to say. We said so yeah, and so I thought that was the end of the recording. I'm no, sorry. not yet. Let me sit not my, yeah, we got a, we got a couple more things to cover. So, uh, like, we gotta we gotta reiterate that everyone listening needs to subscribe. They need to leave <laughs> us a review. Uh, head on over to our Facebook page and uh, give us some feedback that we will put on our episode. So um, please, we want to hear your thoughts. Um, There is a link. There's two links in every episode description. One is to the Spotify playlist where you can listen to all of these wonderful songs as well as another one to where you can give us money. So um, check out both of those. We've got a new episode coming out next week. Same time, Monday, 9 a.m. Central. Uh, We are going back into the world of heavy metal next week with one of the the biggest success stories of the last 25 years in the world of heavy metal. So uh, we won't say who it is, but uh, (laughs) stay tuned. Yes. And uh, again, just really glad to have you with me, Grant. I think that this is going to be a... uh, this is going to be a great era for the podcast. I think it will be, too. I'm really excited. Hopefully you don't flake out on me. Well, you know, I'm a musician. You know how we are. Yeah. But <laughs> and that's the episode. So uh, I'm Lucas. I'm Grant. Keep on listening to good music.